Welcome to the Kim B. Davis Show. I'm your host, Kim B. Davis. And this evening, we have Shanae Watson-Whitaker, our political strategist and organizer on with us. Good evening, Shanae. How are you? I'm okay. How about you? I'm great. So let's get right to it because I know we're all on a tight schedule. A president-elect Joe Biden, we can say that now. Woo! We can yeah. say Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, and we're yes. excited. Yes. Okay. Amen. So, so now that the election has, has finally been decided and called, what are your thoughts? I am, I know, the, I can tell you the moment that I heard that he was called the president-elect, uh, president it felt like a weight was off my chest. Yes. It felt like, oh my God, I can breathe. And then watching people out on the street from New York to Detroit, to Atlanta, to Philadelphia, to San Francisco, to San Antonio in Texas, and, and, and even in, in, uh, the tri Navajo tribes in Phoenix, Arizona, yes. dancing and partying. We just overthrew a dictator. Exactly. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It did. I've never felt, I've never felt that way about an election before. I hadn't either, and, and it was weird because when I heard it on Saturday, I missed it, and I got texts from my girlfriends, and they were like, it's been called, and I was like, oh, and I was doing my happy dance around the house, and everybody was like, okay, you, you can chill out. It's okay. We, we're, we're happy, but I was like, y'all don't understand. You don't understand because we were looking at another four years of what possible damages could have been done yes. that would have been irrevocable to this country. Yes. So yeah. my next question, are you, were you surprised that it was Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and North Carolina that all took some time to sort their ballots out? No, because for many of these states, it was the first time that they've conducted vote by mail in such a large scale. So I understood that. I, I personally thought that it would be Pennsylvania to put them over the top because Joe Biden is originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I said it would be appropriate for him to do so. So once it was called, once Pennsylvania was called, I knew it was a wrap. And, but Georgia, what, what's going on there? And it's phenomenal. I mean, we talk about Fair Fight and Stacey Abrams, and then there are other dynamic leaders down there like Nakima Williams, who is the new Congresswoman who represented uh, John Lewis's old district, Georgia Five. Mm -hmm. Her work down there is phenomenal. Those women down there, those black women, there are a bunch of black women, Georgia Pro as well, another organization that are doing the work that are leading uh, or taking charge and putting democracy on their backs. Those women are phenomenal. And even here too in Michigan, I can talk about some phenomenal black women here, Rose, Rose Dottie, um, Tamika Ramsey, Summer Foster, both of Michigan Voice. Those women are phenomenal. They're phenomenal leaders. They do their daggone thing in the community and they make things happen for, for people here in Michigan. Without women like them, I don't know if we'd make it here, we'd have made it here in Michigan. Absolutely. And I would say that that goes for across the country as well. Yes. So, you know, President Trump, and I'll still call him president because he was elected and he's still president, I know, until January 20th. We yes. got, we, but we're good. All these legal challenges that he's throwing out. Initially, the court cases uh, or the cases that he had charged um, his team with getting were all thrown out by conservative Republican judges. And it was like, oh, wait 
didn't I appoint you or didn't you see the momentum around the country? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. What do you think about the follow-up in the, the proceedings that he's trying to do in terms of challenging the legality of some of these votes in different places? I think a lot of it is ego-driven because this is a man that's not used to losing and not using, used to losing to a man like Joe Biden who comes from a humble background, blue collar, black background. People talk about wealth now, but they don't realize when he was a senator, he was the poorest senator in, 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 in the in, um, poorest elected official in Congress. Yes. So he only had a, a house to his name and uh, his wife became um, a, a professor. So. I think this is all ego driven. Plus, it's also a grift. I mean, this is a money making business. This is, you know, he raised over a billion dollars and and blew it. Mm -hmm. So for them, for the people within the party, they're trying to make money off of it. $20 million to Jones Day, they're making off of this madness. And then you have consultants as well. In fact, today, the RNC um, laid off a bunch of their staff, but yet they kept certain people on to fight these legal challenges. But it's more ego-driven to keep Trump relevant. And if you notice, these elected officials who are in the GOP, they are um, they're either, well, all legal votes should be counted. They know behind the scenes that he got his behind whooped. Yes. And they're scared. They're scared of him and they're scared of his supporters because supporters like his go out and threaten to kill the governor of Michigan. So you're dealing with with people who are not all the way there. So um, they'll do what they can to call it whatever it is, but behind the scenes, I'm sure that they understand that this process is moving forward with or without uh, Mr. Trump. And it's interesting that you say that, because I want to go back to the comment that you made about Black women, because I put up some celebratory posts this weekend, Mm -hmm. and I had a gentleman who came on my page, and he called uh, President-elect Joe Biden the most illegitimate president of all time. I'm not going to mention his name, because I don't want to give him any more Mm -hmm. airtime. And it was interesting because my response to him was, you're showing your hate, your racist, deplorable self. Mm -hmm. And the only thing he responded to was racist. And I wanted to go back to him, but I wasn't that quick on my feet. Oh, so you were okay with everything else that I said, but you, you, your panties are in a bunch now because I called you a racist. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I responded that way is because him and my husband had had some words. And so I knew where he was coming from. What was interesting about it was that he called me a uh, vulgar name. And I ended the response to that with scripture. And I left, I let it go. And everybody else, there were amazing responses from women mm-hmm. who I didn't ask anybody to come to my aid. I knew my husband would see it. I knew he was going to say something. But women came and gave it to him. Yes. And what was interesting, everybody kept asking me, Kim, who is this person? So I had to keep going and explaining to people, you know, this is where he's from. But I want to go back to what you talked about in terms of Trump supporters. It seems like they are delusional. It seems like they want to uh, put together some grand uh, conspiracy. There is some coup happening that they have been taken. There is this belief and I don't know where it came from that big city politics is corrupt. I'm like, but in 2016, those same big cities voted for you. 
So what changed? And it's just interesting to hear the dialogue that you hear come out of that and the excuses that are made. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because you talked about supporters. Mm -hmm. White supremacy is delusional. I think the election of, of President Obama, the ascendancy of him and Michelle Obama, including uh, the ascendancy of Kamala Harris, exposes people and it, it, it makes them face a reality. Even though I am, of, uh, I am white, even though I am male, I can't make it as far as she she can. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna still call her a bad word. I'm gonna still degrade her, den denigrate her in the best way possible, so I can feel better about myself. People have self esteem problems, and when they do, they they throw their stuff on other people to make sure it sticks, so they can feel better. And that's all it is. When again, this election exposed people for what they are. You want to weigh in your mediocrity? You go ahead and do that. Fine, but um, Kamala's gonna be VP. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he was very upset about, as I said, Black women saved this country. You sure did. I, I said, from you illegitimate white men, and that just enraged him. And I thought, you really have an issue. You really are delusional. But what's interesting to me, I'm going to pivot a little bit. So President Trump is now saying he's not conceding, where, which we know there's nothing legal that says he has to do it. It's normally a tradition that we do, a peaceful uh, transition of power. What do you think it's going to take to have an actual transition? Or do you think we'll have a transition? I think on January 20th, we'll have a transition. I think what's going on right now is that the his attorneys and the people his sycophants are playing to his to his beliefs and his inferiority and just his insecurity and we are dealing with it the consequences now is that we don't have someone in um in intelligence and that's bothersome mm -hmm. as, right now we're vulnerable as a country and he knows that and he doesn't care about it so he fires mike esper it's crazy and then he's trying to get rid of christopher ray and other people who who uh, agree with him in ideology sort of but they're not going to be his yes men that he wanted so we're in a flux at, at this time and then you have the gsa you know you have a political uh, a sycophant there that doesn't want to basically uh, work with them in the transition team you know that's that's appalling it's appalling that they're politicizing a transition process that again that you that you and i agree with you that's a tradition that's been long held um, because of what happened with 9-11 and other circumstances as well. And, and then you also have to think about this guy still has the keys to, the, to, the, to our weapons, weapons to uh, state secrets. He can expose people. He's a real threat. You know, when you're, when you're a wounded animal like him, he's going to lash out, whether it's on Twitter or lies or on Fox News and, and telling people who support him, you know, that you're not supporting him enough or why did you call XYZ state? before it was counted or whatever, uh, was finished, the count was finished. So, you know, he's delusional. His supporters are out there. They're, they're, um, they're insecure people who feel like they need a place in society. They need to be above everybody else and they're not, you know, too bad for them, whatever. We just gonna move forward and hopefully save more lives from COVID, hopefully get uh, economic recovery back, hopefully focus on ending systemic racism the best he can, you know, Joe Biden, the best he can. And then and focus on climate change, which is honestly one of our biggest, biggest, I mean, I think 
uh, it's our biggest problem in America right now. And I also think, and I'm, I could take some L's for this from people, the biggest threat to, to, uh, our, to our climate is white supremacy because this is what's keeping it going. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with you that climate change is because it impacts all of us no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it just recent. It was interesting to me that just recently Pfizer announced that it has a COVID vaccine, and I was thinking, "Wow, here we are trying to solidify this election, close it out, go into a peaceful transition, and now we're trying to roll out a vaccine." What mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I thank Pfizer and I thank the German government for supporting them. It had nothing to do with with um, Trump and Pence. In fact, they took no money from our government at all. So I'm I'm thankful for that. I hope that, you know, they have these round of tests and it's 90% effective, which is great. And I hope that it's effective more than one day. But in the meantime, we still need to wear a mask. We still need to social distance. We still have to uh, make sure that we are doing the right thing for not only ourselves, but for each other by protecting each other and protecting ourselves in the long run. A person like me with a pre-existing condition, lupus, I'm very vulnerable to this disease. It can kill me. And um, no matter what, I'm still going to wear a mask when I go outside. And I hope the people who are uh, out there will do the same. And then again, the politicization of wearing a mask, it's just terrible. I mean, be a patriot, wear a mask, protect each other, love each other. You don't have to like me, you know what I'm saying? But at least care enough about uh, about your country that you want to make sure that people can still function and live. This is crazy, it really is. And it, it's so shameful that, that the person, the current person in the White House, Trump, made it such an issue because he didn't like the way he looked in a mask, crazy. Absolutely. And it was interesting. I read a New York Times article this morning that was talking about the law firms that have been pulled to put these cases forward, basically citing that the election was uh, a fraud. Jones Day. Yes. yes. They also were involved in the city of Detroit, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and the the, uh, dissolution of our assets, the water and everything. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, it's all it's all jones day god god love him god bless him but they have an ideology and that's and the ideology is in more to the right and what they've done to the city of detroit they sold the um the bell isle state park our water that you know the city once controlled is now controlled by an authority which is crazy you know we don't have those assets and we know that because of climate change fresh water is valuable and we don't have that asset to benefit Detroiters anymore. So we have to deal with people and populations that don't recognize our humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's some sick stuff. And then to know that they're involved in the Trump campaign, it's not surprising. It's just, that's how they work with their ideology. That's how they function. Look where the money is. If you look at campaign finance reports, you'll see some uh, uh, Jones Day people working, uh, donating to certain candidates. And it's, it's just a, all a scheme. Absolutely, it is. Okay, so here's our last question. So I saw an interview with the uh, Secretary of State for Pennsylvania, who was over the election process. Very nice uh, Caucasian gentleman who expressed concern over the fact that Trump was coming after them. And he said two things. 
he said, this is a country where every vote counts, no matter what. As long as it's within the bounds of the law, we've done that. We had the observers from both parties. We've done all the legal things that we were supposed to do. We were in the midst of a pandemic and we opened it up for mail-in um, ballots. We did that. We followed every procedure. He said, but now we're receiving death threats. People are calling our offices saying this is what the Second Amendment is for. And I was thinking, wow, is this what's actually happening? So my concern is, and the last time you were on, we were talking about 2021. I'm wondering, are you concerned about the vulnerability of our elections going forward? Will some of these challenges make it difficult for other races in the future? Do you see that? Or, or what are your thoughts? I think with Joe Biden in office, I think that we can approve upon the Voting Rights Act and rename it the John Lewis Act because that's what he sacrificed himself for. It's, uh, and I think that the people who are making threats, they're, they're crazy, just like they've done it and they're doing it in Georgia where there is a Republican Secretary of State and they're calling for him to resign the two Senate um, candidates because they didn't like the way things went. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a, a crisis here a, a crisis of leadership when it comes to election protection, when it comes to election uh, results, and when it comes to actually a, a, a fair process, they're wreaking havoc for, for political gain. And that's crazy. I hope in this, if we talk about 2021, I hope in, in that people recognize that every vote counts here in the city of Detroit. And it's important that you stay engaged beyond what happens on January 20th of 2021. What happens locally impacts you directly. Yes, what happens nationally does impact you. But when you get um, grants and funding that comes from, from um, one of the um, uh, departments, whether it's HUD, whether it's Homeland Security, whether it's um, the a small business administration that hits the city of Detroit, the he, people here in government have to be the ones that disperse that. So you have to think, you know, in, in the next, I'd say nine to 10 months, who do you want representing you at that city council table? Who do you want to be your mayor? We have a, 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 a strong mayor weak council government here, which, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of, but um, you have that choice and you have to keep the pressure on him. I'd say also keep the pressure on Biden. Don't slip keep your pressure on him. If you have things that you want to get past, connect with your congressperson and, and your senators as well. So just don't, don't let up. I tell people we, the uh, problem is, is that we lose interest after such a big and emotional election that we lose sight of the, the 2022 efforts, the midterms, which are just as vital, especially with the House of Representatives and us with redistricting, we will lose a House seat in the city of Detroit we will lose a House Street seat. So that's going to be vital who we choose our leadership to be. And then again, this municipal cycle that's coming up, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop at all. Thank you, Shanae. You summed it up. You ended it perfectly. Tell us where we can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter. I love him uh, underscore Negrita. So you can see me on Twitter. I'm there. I'm just as, 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 I'm the same way on online as I am in person. So what you get, what you see is what you get. Sometimes I'm too uh, too honest for folks, and sometimes I could be chill, but it's all right. 
Well, we love you. Thank you again for coming on and helping us recap this election. I know that we'll talk in another month because before transition, we'll talk. And I'm sure after transition, we'll talk again because I'm sure there's going to be some uh, good conversations about some things that are happening. But thank you for being on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you Shanae you've been watching the Kim B. Davis show I hope you'll join us on our next episode and as always remember be magnificent